0: The front porch confessional your weekly Google podcast my name is jeff Goki, and i am so happy that you have tuned in today welcome to episode 250 and welcome back to my front porch uh Two hundred and fifty that's kind of awesome, right? I was kind of I, I I went through kind of all the podcasts just real quick. Somebody had said they were listening to one. I think it was episode fifty seven and so I was like, Oh, and I was just trying to find fifty seven I was like, man, you start scrolling you're like two hundred and fifty is a lot. that's a pretty awesome accomplishment so anyway uh i i it's been kind of cool doing this for i think um I think I'm about two and a half. Maybe is it two and a half? Probably two and a half years into doing this, a little over two years or something like that, and uh, it's been great. And thank you. I mean, there's been a lot of you that's been that have been around for the the journey for from the beginning, and uh, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, I really, really appreciate all the support, Uh, and and many of you have been generous towards this podcast from the very beginning. Uh, So I just want to say thank you so much for your continued support for your continued care, it really, really does mean a lot to me. This week was a really tough week. Uh, I had to do a funeral on Thursday for some really good friends of ours. Uh, I told you uh, you know, a little bit about that a couple weeks ago, but really hard, really heavy. And uh, I, I noticed something about myself this, this week that was really, really good. So we get done with the funeral on Thursday. Normally, I'm a person who just like, you know, the hard things, I think I'm wired to kind of roll through hard things and help people through hard things. And, you know, and then I had a whole schedule planned for the afternoon after the funeral. And so um, I got home, I think it was around 2 o'clock, and I was just going to, you know, go to the office, get some stuff done. And I just felt the full weight of exhaustion, like emotional exhaustion, from the day and uh that was a new thing for me and it's a it's a new thing for me like feeling this sounds so crazy but feeling for me is a new thing where I'm feeling emotions feeling sadness feeling the weight of other people's sadness honestly um and so it's a new thing for me so I literally sat on the couch I was about to go to the office and I was like I can't I could barely move like I was so wiped out so exhausted uh, and one part of that was like a bit frustrating for me, if I'm, if I'm honest, because I was like, come on, Goki, like pull it together. Like you get to the office, like suck it up, buttercup. Like that's kind of how I've lived my life for most of my life. And then this other moment was like, wait a second, this is a good thing. Like it's a really, really good thing that you're feeling, you know, you're feeling sad. And that sadness is kind of exhausting you and wiping you out. Like that's a, that's a not that's a good thing, not a bad thing. And so sat on the couch, and Mika and I, because uh, Miko went to the funeral too, and Mika and I sat on the couch. We watched a movie, kind of chilled out, took a little nap. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really that, that whole day was a bit of a blur. But I think one of the healthier things as I'm kind of growing and learning is, like, wow, feeling is really, really important. And so for you, if, if you're struggling to feel, right, I got you. I know what that feels like, right? Like, I know what that feels like you know but I, I think those times when when grief is overwhelming when sadness is overwhelming um sometimes it's a really good in, that's a healthy thing sometimes it's a really bad thing like where you can't you know it's causing you depression or causing you uh anxiousness or kind of you can't get out of bed type of thing um but but i think there's times like for people like me who haven't felt for so many years and all of a sudden i start feeling i'm like wow it's a really big deal and that's kind of pulling into a lot of these other things. I'm like finding myself almost every Sunday crying, and it's authentic weeping, you know, during worship or something where it just gets me, and I'm allowing myself to be able to do that. So I don't know, you know, it's like a, I, I can tangibly feel that something's changing. And so, you know, when I talk about these routines of sitting down and being silent and going for a walk and the consisti- consistency of all that. Um, I think some of these things are the byproduct of that. And so the Lord's just really been speaking to me and convicting me and waking me up on some things. So anyway, I just want to share that with all of you. And uh, I know some of you pray for me, so I just want to say thanks for that. It's just been a kind of a a heavy few weeks, and and I really appreciate that some of you uh, pray for me. So, all right, we're going to hop right into our our passage here. Uh, 1 Corinthians one eighteen. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And, and Paul says, For the message of the cross, you know, and this is in the, in the, in the, the first chapter, it's kind of the introduction as we get into the letter. Uh, for the message of the, cross is fo- of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Once again, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. I have to be honest, Um, one of the more annoying things that my wife has said to me over the years, and this has kind of been, we've been together 25 years, been married for 23 years, and maybe you've gotten this from your, you know, significant other wife, spouse, but like we're in the middle of a conversation and she's like, no, no, you're, you're not hearing me. No, you're not hearing me. And, and obviously I am. I'm obviously hearing, right? And she's saying, no, no. And I'm trying to go like, yeah, but, and I'm trying to give my opinion or my thoughts on this or my perspective on it. And she's like, no, you're not listening to me. You're not hearing. And that's really frustrating because I'm like, no, I feel like I am. But the reality is the longer we've been together, is she's and don't tell her this okay because it's going to ruin everything but she's right you know because i'm constantly bringing my own perception our own perspective and she's going but you're not you're not really hearing me And, and and it's not just the words it's the heart it's the intention it's it's her being i'm not catching on to those cues uh, over the years. And that's what she's trying to say. I'm like, I can hear your words and I actually can kind of process, process through them logically. She's saying, no, no, no. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. And that's a a lot of what I think Paul's trying to help communicate. You know, these are, these are, uh, uh, Jews who are, uh, or converts to Christianity, they're they're uh, they call them Hellenistic Jews. Like, are there Hellenistic believers? They're 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 believers who have converted uh, to Christianity, or you have Jews uh, who have faithfully been following uh, God, but now, as a result of Jesus, have really converted into full uh, blown Christianity, right? And so, um, Paul is speaking to these kind of two groups of converts, and he's going like, hey. Uh, something really important is going on and there's a disparity that's happening. There are people that are listening and hearing and there are people that don't get it at all. And the thing that he's getting after is this, is that the truth of Christ and his cross often kind of feels like that, right? It often feels a bit confusing. It often feels like people aren't getting it. And honestly, I mean, let's be honest about this. Who can blame them, right? The message of Jesus, the message of the cross, is kind of a confusing message at times, right? A a difficult thing to understand. I mean, Jesus is presenting things to us constantly throughout the Gospels. If you are first, you're last. If you're a slave, you're free. If you give up every, if you give up everything, you will have everything. Love your enemy, you know, right? It all sounds a bit crazy. It actually feels just like almost like, I, I mean, it is exactly opposite of what we sense and feel because we want vindication. No, no, no. We want to climb up a utilitarian ladder. Like these are the ways in which we're taught in our culture that is successful and what it means to kind of get to the top tier. All those different things. And Jesus is like, no, the way of Jesus is different. It's it's literally if the, if the world is right side up, he's turning it upside down, which actually... In his upside down world is actually right side up, if that makes any sense. But to the culture and to to many people, it just feels completely illogical. I mean, Jesus himself, right? He's the son of God. He comes, incarnates, becomes one of us. He's born uh, to uh, a poor carpenter's family, just normal people, right? He's an immigrant. He's a vagabond. You know, he, he, he uh, I believe Joseph dies early on, so he doesn't have a father. He's raised by a single mom, right? He dies a criminal's death, right? Like, this is who we are following, who we are proclaiming as the king of kings and the lord of lords. And as far as our culture is concerned, does that sound like a winner? No. No, it actually sounds counter human in some ways, but this is the way of Jesus. This is the way that's being presented to us, which is like this. It's not about being powerful. It's not about having it all together. Right? Like Paul, all throughout his theology, is trying to help people understand, like, look, I He's trying to empathize with them all throughout his writings, right? Look, I know what it is to be powerful. He's talking in Philippians. Like, I know what it is to be powerful. I was educated. And he talks about, like, I give all these things away to know Christ, to really know him, his death and his resurrection. What he's saying is there was a very logical way in which I was living my life, and it was wrong. Because it wasn't about Jesus, And as I started processing through this particular passage, I realized it's actually actually a problem with passions. You know, because for most of us and for the culture around us, their passion is for the things of the flesh. Right? Here's the thing. Let's just be honest. Sin is fun. Like, sin is enticing. Otherwise, no one would do it. But it is the exact opposite of what we're being invited into as his children. But we continue to pursue after the things of this world. Because it feels logical. It feels right. But it's not. Greed feels right. Workaholism, it feels right popularity it feels right and if we look at our culture it's what they're lifting up and they are buy, they are literally pitching to us all that we should buy which is the which is opposite this is what paul's trying to say opposite of jesus opposite of christ in his cross and so we have a passion for the flesh the culture has a passion for the flesh but what's being presented to us is there's a different passage or, 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 or a different passion. And it's a passion for Christ. Die to your desires. Die to your flesh. He uses language like this. Crucify. In the same way Jesus crucified was crucified. So that we may be, be, die and be raised again. He, was, he died and resurrected and is inviting us into that same reality. That's the idea of baptism. You go under the water. That's kind of like death, the tomb, being raised up into new life, right? He's inviting us into that crucifixion type life. And we would go like, ah, that's no fun. That's no fun. But Paul is introducing people to the way of Jesus. And he's essentially saying people that follow Jesus look like fools, To the culture. They look like fools when in reality, resurrection power is what is alive in them and it looks illogical. That resurrection power that lives inside of each believer, it looks illogical to the culture. But we're supposed to constantly live into this. And so the practical parts of what I'm starting to process through is like, How does this way, like, how does this change your life? Like, living this way, living in the way of the cross, it should impact everything. It should change everything about us. The cross changes everything. And it's challenging us Every single day. And if you really want to follow Jesus, I'm just telling you, you're going to look foolish in the world's eyes. And when you do, here's the thing, and when you do, you're on the right track. When everyone thinks you're weird for loving your enemies, when everybody thinks you're weird for forgiving people, when everybody feels weird because you're not going to get in this political sparring match, but you're going to lift up Jesus, his death and his resurrection, and invite people in that love, the same love that Jesus loved you with, that he laid down his life, that you're going to do that yourself or people all around you, that's going to feel weird to the culture. And what Paul's saying is, come on, that means you're on the right track. Because for me, I'd rather be a fool with Christ and be alive then wise to the world, wise like the world, and die. And this is what Paul's introducing us to, and this is what Jesus displayed for us. And so the question is this: How do you look like a fool for Christ to this world? I would, I would ask you, in your business, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, how are you just living opposite to where people are going? Why did you do that? Because that's odd. Not odd, bad odd odd because it's the way of jesus father god i mean this is so this passage and so thank you so much for paul who's living in this culture that's so confusing and and he's trying to present truth real truth and we're living in a very confusing culture right now and so help us to be fools for your your name for your glory teach us spirit convict us so take a breath take a breath reflect And believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time.